to Law and Gospel on this Rumination Tuesday, November the 3rd in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is my co-host, Mark Smith, and we're going to be taking a look at a hymn, Wake, Awake, for Night is Flying. The last two Sundays, the Pentecost season was interrupted by Reformation and then All Saints. And this Sunday, we get back into Pentecost, and that's the hymn for this particular Sunday. It's written by Philip Nikolai, N-I-C-O-L-A-I, born in 1556 in Germany. His father was a pastor. He went to the University of Erfurt and also the University of Wittenberg, graduated in 1579. His first pastoral role was as assistant to his father for four years. And then he served a church in Westphalia. He was forced to resign, though, in the wake of the Spanish invasion of Herdica in 1586, but then accepted a pastorate in Westphalia. But a plague overtook the town and killed approximately 1,400 parishioners in 1597. In fact, he had a funeral for over 300 of his parishioners during the month of July alone. He wrote this, the condition of precious souls in heavenly paradise prior to the day of the resurrection, nothing was more precious than the contemplation of this noble and elevated article concerning eternal life purchased by Christ's blood. He was a proponent of classic Lutheran theological expression, particularly of the Lord's Supper, and his opponents led to the formula of Concord in 1577, and Nikolai urged the clergy of the principality he was in to adopt this statement of faith. In 1601, he came, became pastor of St. Catherine's Church in Hamburg and was married at that time, and he died on October the 26th, 1608. He's well known for Wake, Awake, For Night is Flying, and O Morning Star, How Fair and Bright. And so we're going to take a look at this hymn with Pastor Mark Smith. Hello, Pastor Smith. Hey, Tom. How are you doing this beautiful fall day? Oh, it's really interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, we're going to spend the whole hour and not talk about what's happening today namely okay. the election. And right. the reason we're not talking about that is because, first of all, as a Lutheran pastor, we don't give that much advice as to the people you ought to vote for. We're more interested in issues. And that was really something with Nikolai uh, when he was writing this particular hymn. Wake, awake, for night is flying. And, of course, what is this hymn based on? 
Well, it's based on uh, Matthew 25 is one of the one of the things it's based on. Matthew 25, the parable of the of the uh, ten virgins. Yes, yes. Five of them wise, five, five of them, them foolish. foolish. Right. It, it's kind of um, somewhat fine to read what Nikolai did. Uh, he he actually had four hymns. Uh, wake awake for night and flying was one of them. But the first hymn he did introduced the idea of Jesus as the heavenly bridegroom. And the second hymn, the soul greets the bridegroom. That's the one we're going to be looking at. In the third hymn, the soul leaves the sufferings of earth to experience heaven. And in the fourth hymn, he talks about the joys of paradise. So it's something that we need to look at because he was really being persecuted at the one church by the council that was filled with Roman Catholics who didn't like him. And at another church, the Calvinists didn't like him. And he actually wrote an article about the two antichrists, the one he considered to be Mohammed of the Muslims, and the other one, of course, was the papacy. So he was embroiled in controversy, and therefore, that's really behind a lot of what he writes. So let's take a look at Wake Awake. Would you please read the first stanza? And Tom, I would also add, uh, don't forget the translator is our friend Catherine Winkworth. Right. And so we're not going to talk about her much because we already did. Okay. She really has got a lot of uh, hymns. In fact, recently we sang a Luther hymn that had been translated by her. Yeah, she translated a bunch of hymns. Okay, you want me to read the, the first stanza? Please. Wake, awake, for night is flying. The watchmen on the heights are crying. Awake, Jerusalem, arise. Midnight hears the welcome voices, and at the thrilling cry rejoices. Oh, where are ye, ye virgins wise? The bridegroom comes, awake. Your lamps with gladness take. Alleluia. With bridal care, yourselves prepare to meet the bridegroom who is near. It's a great hymn. The original German has the watchman on the heights actually singing and watchmen don't sing they normally cry out but because this is such a joyous occasion you, you notice there are quotation marks yes. about what they are saying awake jerusalem arise so what is this stanza talking about what event well it's talking about the lord the Lord returning, you know, usually watchmen had uh, grim or scary news that an enemy was coming. But in this case, they're, they're, it's, it's wonderful news about the Lord's, the Lord's arrival. Yes. And, and there's also a sermonic note towards the people. You, yeah, Tom, I, I, think, I think this hymn could be could be uh, speaking of his first coming uh, when he when he comes as the babe of Bethlehem. 
uh, to earth and also to his final coming when he comes again on the last day. Don't you think both of those themes are are, uh, evident in, in this hymn? It's evident because you can say, it's a good point you made, I hadn't thought of it, that the watchmen for the birth would have been the angels to the shepherds. Right. And the watchmen here, the uh, sermonic note I'm talking about, where are you, you virgins, wise? Right, right. So that would be... That would be the that would be the church or or believers, true believers, right? Yes, true believers. In fact, um, that so happens to be the gospel for this coming Sunday. The five wise virgins and the five foolish, and taking a look at commentaries, boy, are there ever a lot of differences. Uh, between them. I I read one commentary. Remember, the foolish virgins don't bring additional oil because they expect the bridegroom to come at their time. Yes, right. And it's all about that he kind of waits. Now, Matthew was writing this at a time when the church had expected Jesus to return early. And no, he was delayed. Or, as Jesus says, only the Father knows the time when uh, I will be returning. So this was a comforting hymn to talk about that we need to be like the wise virgins and always be ready for Jesus to come. But one commentator said, well, they weren't maybe wise, but they weren't very loving because when the foolish virgins asked for some oil because they didn't have any. The wise one, they said, no, you go buy it uh, from the the folks that sell oil. Uh, We're not going to give you any of our oil. And the commentator was (laughs) making a point that that wasn't very loving. But the fact was that if the wise virgins had given them oil, part of their oil, then the procession with the bridegroom was always led by women who had burning torches. And halfway there, then all the torches would have gone out. And therefore, in darkness, the bride, the, bride, the, the groom would have ended up walking into the wedding feast. Well, wouldn't you also say, Tom, doesn't this also convey the idea that, you know, you can't be, you can't be saved for the faith of on the faith of others. I mean, you, you, you can share faith. You share faith. That, that's true. Share the gospel with other people. But you can't, you can't be saved uh, because of I know a friend that believes in Jesus. You believe for yourself. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, in fact, I had a situation at my congregation where a member of my congregation, her brother died. And... Um, he expected to be buried at our church, even though he was not a Christian and had never attended church. And so I refused to do the burial, of course, because the pastor doesn't go on the basis of what is in the heart of a person, but what their confession is. And a couple of times when I met with his sister at their home for, as a shut-in, he was there. 
and it made very clear that he didn't believe in Jesus mm -hmm. as a savior. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that, that's often difficult, you know, when, when you have cases like that, uh, where somebody wants you to, to bury a brother or an unbelieving brother or cousin and, uh, yeah, I know. It's uh, you, we're we're members. We're we're pastors of the public ministry, not the private industry. We can't uh, ministry. We well can't, said. We can't. You know, we can't look into somebody's heart and know. Uh, yeah, uh, we have there, to. We have to go is, by their confession. There is a story of, and I believe it happened, where a pastor, the council forced him to bury someone who wasn't a believer because he was an important person in the city. So the pastor used the sermon and pointed to the body and said, none of you want to be like this individual. <laughs> they never asked him again to uh, bury somebody that he would not. <laughs> Are we ready for the second verse, second stanza? No, um... Yeah, there's another point. Luther, okay. he talked about what is the oil? Because in a parable, certain things stand for certain things. Yeah. And he said the oil represented faith. Yeah, that would be my that would be my opinion too. Yes. Some say it represented good works. Why hmm. is that wrong? Well, because we're, you know, it's not, good works are not what save us. Exactly. Yes. You, you can't be dependent on your good works. And a lot of people will say, well, I don't understand why I'm not going to heaven because I take care of poor people. I give food to the hungry. I help build shelters for the homeless, this sort of thing. These are good works. And therefore, I, 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 I feel okay and secure that heaven will be my home. No, those good works are not good works, particularly if you're doing them to earn your way to heaven. It's like a child being nice to the parents so the child will be considered a child of the parents. No, the child is a child not on the basis of his works, but on the basis of being begotten or adopted. Right. And I, I don't understand how parents who have children cannot understand the Christian message that good works never make you a child of God. They always occur after you have become a child of God, and that's through faith given by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, all right, we've got the watchman actually singing hallelujah. You know, with bridal care, yourselves prepare to meet the bridegroom who is near. So here's the one question. Okay. How do we prepare ourselves to meet the bridegroom? We always want to have our, we want to have our lamps burning. We always want to have the oil of faith. And that comes, of course, from being strong in the Word and, and the yes. sacraments. Those are the means of grace that bestow, that strengthen our faith. So we always want to, we always want to be ready. Really, this, this hymn is for the final weeks of the church year when we're 
we're pre- we're preparing really for Advent season of Advent. We're always preparing. We always want to be ready for the Lord's return. Excellent. All right, stanza two, please, if you would read. Okay, it. Zion hears the watchman singing, and all her heart with joy is springing. She wakes, she rises from her gloom, for her Lord comes down all glorious, the strong in grace, in truth victorious. Her star is risen, her light is come. Now come, thou blessed one, Lord Jesus, God's own Son, hail, Hosanna. We enter all the wedding hall to eat the supper at thy call. And this is a verse I was referring to where the watchmen are actually singing. Normally, watchmen don't sing. They just cry out, you know, danger, danger, here comes the enemy. But here, they're singing with joy. It's wonderful Uh, news. It's wonderful. And a lot of commentaries indicated that the wise and the foolish, we really can't make that distinction because both were sleeping. The wise were sleeping and also the foolish. Why do we not want to make the point that if you're sleeping, you're not wise? Well, because uh, uh, you don't want to be asleep spiritually. That is, you don't want to be outside of the faith. But that doesn't mean you can't go to bed at night and and still be a child of God, uh, ready, ready and prepared for his second coming. Yes. And remember... What she's waking up from is her gloom. Right. What gloom is that? Well, I, you know, I was looking. I was looking at the the Bible passages at the bottom of the hymn page, and yes. one of them, one of them uh, has notes that refers to the fact that you know Israel fail in seven twenty two B C. Yeah. And again, and uh, was it um, five twenty seven B C. Um, and, and this is, this is the Lord's return. Um, the idea that, that Israel, Israel will rise from her gloom. And that of course comes when, when Jesus Christ himself comes as that babe of Bethlehem, you know, God has not forsaken his people. Yes. He comes at midnight. How many weddings have you gone to that begin at midnight? Uh, I can't think of one. <laughs> no, I can't either. They, they always occur around noon. The reception may be at 5 or 6 and last till midnight. But this, but again, this is a shows... special. This is a special event at midnight. Because at midnight, of course, we think of we, well, we think of Christmas. We think of the we think of uh, uh, the Lord's coming at, at, at that night of Bethlehem with the the star. Um, so that's really that really nails down what ed, what event this is talking about. Yes, because whenever he comes, it will be midnight, which means he's coming at a time that is least expected. Exactly. That is right. Yeah. What a surprise. And what a marvelous surprise for those that are that are in the faith. In fact, um, 
it's not until the last part of stanza two that we understand who this is talking about. It's not talking about just anybody at a, a wedding feast. It's talking about the blessed one, Lord Jesus, God's own son. That's right. And then it's hail Hosanna. What does that remind you of? Oh, uh, uh, Hosanna. Um, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In and fact, that was sung on Palm Sunday. Right, right. You know, right. I, I, I've been telling you this, that I would like to do a project where I go through hymns and find all the Bible verses. They only have about four Bible verses to this hymn. There's actually about 50 of them. Yeah, I was, I was noticing find. that, that uh, there are many other verses that are not listed at the bottom of the page, right? Yes. And then the last part of the hymn, we enter all the wedding hall to eat the supper at thy call. And in the original German, uh, the word for supper was Abendmahl, which is the usual term for the Lord's Supper, which is here equated with the eternal heavenly banquet. And so, boy, he really was fighting against the Calvinists who don't believe in the Lord's Supper, as the Bible teaches. Yes. Okay, stanza three, please. Okay, now let all the heavens adore thee. Let saints and angels sing before thee with harp and cymbals clearest tone of one pearl, each shining portal, where joining with the choir immortal, we gather round thy radiant throne. No eye has seen the light, no ear has heard the might of thy glory. Therefore will we eternally sing hymns of praise and joy to thee. You know, one thought that comes to my mind as I sing this, of one pearl, each shining portal. Boy, I wouldn't want to be swimming near the size of that uh, that oyster that makes that pearl. <laughs> each, well, you know, you, there, are 12, there are 12 gates. Revelation talks about 12 gates, each made of one pearl. <laughs> you're talking about Revelation chapter 21, verse yeah. 12, 21. That's right. And what I find interesting, and you don't know this from the German or from the English, I should say, yeah. is the singer lapses away from the German into the Latin in the original because there's not enough German language that is powerful enough to express the singer's joy. And, and therefore, loosely translated, the Latin has, therefore we have joy, oi, oi. Just O O O Y. Eternally. Yes. Yes. And so it reminds us now sing we now rejoice. So what else in this third stanza is important for you? Let's see. Uh, we gather around thy radiant throne. No eye has seen the light. No ear has heard the might of thy glory. Now, this um, is an important point because it's all about the result of the wedding feast is singing. 
and they're singing hymns that no human being on earth has ever heard. Yeah. And I, 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 I can't imagine. You know how. Oh, what a, what a get... sound that will be. Won't, it, won't that be something at the, the new heaven and new earth? Uh, what what a, a glorious uh, sound that's going to be when when we wake up and we and we see the new heaven and the new earth and we're ushered into the the wedding hall the feast and the the choirs the angelic bands it's it's you know you just kind of it's it's hard to imagine what that what that event is going to be like magnificent in every way. Yes, I was listening to a young people's. Uh, meeting where they were singing the Te Deum with uh, Starkey's version. Right. With trumpets and violins and everything. And it's hard to believe that there's going to be hymns in heaven better than that. I know. Oh, I know. Yes. In fact, that's that's the last part. Sing hymns of praise and joy to thee. So I'm using this hymn as a communion hymn for Sunday, and we'll see how it goes. But that takes care of our hour, three verses, but I, I'm sorry, takes care of our time together. Tomorrow on Law and Gospel, we're going to be taking a look at Walther's Law and Gospel thesis, one of his evening lectures. I'm Tom Baker, and with Mark Smith, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.